Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey guys, happy Wednesday. It's the day of the week where you're like in between, like, oh my God, I can't believe it's already Wednesday. And oh my God, I can't believe it's only Wednesday. <laughs> Hope you guys are doing well. I'll tell you what, here in Oklahoma, it is weird. We've been having, we had a massive ice storm in Oklahoma City. Um, lots of people are without electricity, which also means people without heat. Uh, many even without means to prepare food. Uh, it's cold, cold, cold ice storms. I don't know if you guys have not experienced an ice storm. It's like the craziest thing. You'll just be like having a beautiful day one day and then you go to bed at night and the temperature drops, like the bottom drops out of the temperature and then this freezing rain comes out of the sky. Oklahoma weather is drunk. Yes, Kelly. Cheers. <laughs> You absolutely said it right. I think Oklahoma weather is like throwing a tantrum. <laughs> I don't know. I think maybe we talked about getting out and doing stuff and it said, no, 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 no. I don't think so, sister. So yeah, Kelly, fellow Oklahoman, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So uh, of course, I'm going to promote these two amazing books while I'm taking over the Daily Dose until Book Papa is back. Um, this book is incredible, The Great Behavior Breakdown. I pulled some things out of that last night. And this, From Fear to Love, From Fear to Love, uh, we have on promotion. Uh, just go to feartolovebook.com, $7.95, and that literally covers our costs. And then there's some great little bonuses that you get. You get an audio version, then you also get a podcast that Brian did, and I can't even remember the name of it. That's terrible, isn't it? Um, and then there's some awesome episodes where you can get the Great Behavior Breakdown and some other recordings and things like that. And there is a Fear to Love um, upsell and so of course you know all the goodies so i encourage you to go there check it out and get the book for sure it is really honestly um it's just such a good book um and kelly's here kelly's doing a book study for us which is awesome and i'll tell you um i'm actually working on some really great opportunities for people who've gone through our um, trauma-informed care certification program which you can find on our website and also people who excuse me, who've gone through our book study. Um, I'm getting ready to add more book studies and then I'm gonna add some more follow-up group support, small group support for parents and professionals who, uh, you know, we just wanna offer relationship-based support, coaching services from people who know this model well and um, live this model, who understand what it's like living in the trenches. Um, I was having a conversation the other day uh, with some folks who were doing some social media for us and um, we just ended up having this really nice little conversation about heart over education. Honestly, I'll take somebody who has a heart for this work. I'll take people who have experience in this work versus people who have gone to college and have a degree. If I get both, that'd be awesome. But if I had to pick one or the other, um, no offense to folks who have lots of letters after their name. I mean, I have a few letters I get to put after my name and that's really cool and all. But honestly, the majority of what I have learned about working with people who have experienced trauma 
has been both a combination of learning and then literally putting it into practice in day-to-day -day life, not just in a therapy room. And that is no, that's in no way trying to discount the value of therapy, but um, unless you've lived, unless you've lived the, the life of um, parenting people who have experienced complex trauma, um, it's really hard, I think, for therapists to really understand what it's like day in and day out um, when you get advice of things like stickers and stars and consequences and rewards, then you know that they've not lived it because then they'll come back and say, well, you must not be doing it right. If you were just more consistent, it's much, 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 much more than that. Consequences and rewards, behavior modification charts, stickers and stars, that may be effective for 95% of the kids out there, but for kids who've come from traumatic backgrounds, we are talking about brain level. This is not about will. This is not about breaking someone's will. We're talking about brain level differences that have occurred due to in utero and early life trauma, and it is significant. So I str if you don't know about this stuff, I strongly encourage you learn about it. Um, Bruce Perry says, if you're working with kids, you at least need a baseline foundation understanding about neurobiology and the effects of trauma. Um, and our trauma-informed care training is all, it's uh, four videos, um, they're two hours each, and it's $129, so you can get through it relatively quickly, um, and it's powerful. It's so good. Brian does such a good job. So tonight, uh, my topic is Meet the Child Where the Child Is, and I'm pulling up this book because this is just a great book to get my brain thinking about teaching because it's such a great teaching book. Each chapter is really short. It's intended to be an easy read. It takes complex ideas and breaks them down into things that we can just really understand and apply. So, Meet the Child Where the Child Is is reminding us that we have three, let's just, da -da 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 -da, that we have three ages that we're keeping in mind. We have chronological age, cognitive age, and our emotional developmental age. So let's just think about this for a little bit. Um, so we have like our physical age and that may define certain things about our body or not. It may, I mean, I know, I know a lot of parents who are like, you know, my child's two, but they're the size of a five-year-old and that makes things really difficult because the world sees this child and expects them to behave a certain kind of way based on their size. Look at these assumptions we make, right? So we have this chronological age. Our cognitive age speaks to our learning and we have tests that help identify how people learn and whether or not they are on target in certain learning styles and abilities and knowledge and abilities that they have. And, um, you know, then like we have the Wexler IQ and the WISC IQ tests that help us see where developmentally our children are. But we don't really have anything that addresses this emotional age concept. And in fact, it's one of the areas that we just continue to be behind on in terms of science and helping um, teachers and parents understand children. So basically the concept is understanding that when we stress, we regress. 
that's true for all of us, and that in regressed places, we drop down to different places in our mind-body system emotionally. So that is why you may have a child who is 13, but in that moment, their behavior may be like a two-year-old. Or you may have a professional football coach who's on the sidelines throwing their headphones and yelling and screaming because in that moment, they are stressed and they have regressed. That's just a fact, and it happens to all of us. The thing is, is we oftentimes, when we're addressing children, and I so when I say children, it's like anybody under the age of 18, that if they aren't behaving in the way that we believe they should be behaving based on their age and or their size, then we assign a lot of negative intention. We assign all these negative intentions versus understanding what's going on with them in their emotional brain. And so, um, with that said, when we stress, we regress. It's true for us all. When we ex are in relationship with someone and we experience that moment of regression or that extended time of regression, if we will simply meet them at the emotional age that's presented, then it will not be long before we see them come right back up. Um, I literally had that happen while my son's been staying with me. Now, he's 27, and I mentioned that uh, the, first, the first night he spent the night, and then the next morning, I actually, I asked him to help with something, and... Um, we got into a little, it wasn't, it wasn't even a fight. Like it didn't even count as a fight. We just got into a little friction, right? And when I came back and I ran my errands, I came back home. And when I talked to him about it a little bit, he started sobbing. But his sobbing was from this very wounded, hurt place. And as I'm talking about it and processing it out loud with you guys, what I realized as I look back is he had just come from this very, very stressful situation, extremely stressful situation. That's why he was coming to stay here, right? And you know, it's okay that we had the friction and it's okay that he got upset. I mean, it could have been avoided had I been more mindful and yet I wasn't, you know, I'm not perfect, I'm just human. But what I am also is compassionate. And so as soon as those emotions came up and I just, you know, I just sat with him, breathed through it. I comforted him. I loved him. I remembered back and we had these remember back, remember back conversations and we just got to reconnect at the heart. And so again, it's just an example how when we... When we can pull ourselves back as parents, like when we screw up and we, instead of preventing, we might even be the spark for the blow up. When we screw up, if we can just take responsibility and say, ah, screwed up, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I screwed up. And I did, you know, I said, I'm sorry I screwed up. You know, that didn't have to go that way. And I love you. It becomes an opportunity for growth. It just becomes an opportunity for growth and deeper connection and deeper relationship, deeper reality that we're all human. We're all out here doing the best we can. We're all fallible. We all make mistakes. We all have amygdalas. Our lids can all get flipped. 
we can all be reactive parents versus responsible parents. It happens to us all. But when these things happen, if we can just accept responsibility for what we've done, offer comfort, offer support. It's like uh, when you think about scar tissue, you know, scar tissue is very strong. And so actually Kevin and I's relationship has a lot of scar tissue in it. It's very strong. It's very strong. It may not always be perfect. It might get messy, but he knows I'm not going anywhere. He knows I'm never gonna abandon him. He knows that I will be here to love him throughout the life, throughout his life. And it may not be that we're always perfect, right? It's not about being perfect. It's about we're not, we're not gonna leave one another. There's no abandonment that's ever gonna happen. We may not always be physically together, but I'm always just a phone call away. And that makes all the difference in the world. Him just knowing that, you know, and even if we get cross and we don't talk for a day or two, we're gonna work it out. We're gonna work it out. It's all gonna be okay. And one thing I really want to encourage you guys, that piece of taking responsibility for what we do is really powerful. It teaches them how to take responsibility. That's what it does. So when I take responsibility for when I screw up, it gives him space to not be perfect and to take responsibility if he screws up, right? It's not about being perfect. So that's it for tonight. Um, thank you, Mary. I appreciate that. I'm glad to hear that there's something encouraging, something valuable in it. Remember, meet them where they're at. Meet the emotional age that you see and feel before your eyes um, and watch them. You'll watch them just come up right before your very eyes. You'll watch just, it'll calm the stress. See, that's just it. The more we can calm the stress, then the more of that emotional maturity will be able to come present. True for us all. True for us all. So as Brian says, uh, in any given moment, um, we can act out of our same blueprints of stress and fear, or we can take three to 10 deep breaths. And we can choose love. When you lay your head, uh, head down tonight, when you go to bed, all that stuff you've been worried and fretting about, just set it to the side. You can pick that up tomorrow if you want to. If you want to. Lay your head down on your pillow. Pick one thing, one beautiful moment from your day. It wouldn't, it, and like for me, like I just shared a story. It was not pretty. It wasn't like the beautiful moment of sunshine, rainbows, and lollipops. It was... The, the moment of deep connection that comes out of mess. Ah, oh, Gail shot me some stars. Wah! Lay down, lay down tonight and rest your head and take one of those moments, a moment of connection, a moment of peace, whatever resonates with you as being that beautiful moment. And you take that and you blow that up and you let that become the building block for tomorrow. Much love to you guys. Have a blessed evening. Take time to enjoy your family. We love you and we'll see you all tomorrow.